Welcome, folks, to another edition of Opinions All Day. And this week, I will be covering week two. We know what it is. I shouldn't have to explain how big of a game this is for the Chargers. As they take on the Titans today, this is a big game. This is a big game because last week, week one, opening game, opening day, at home, beautiful Sunday afternoon, and I hate to be negative to start off, but I ha- we have to revisit what happened last week to magnify why this week two game against the Titans is a big deal. Because... Throughout this week, I have been hearing Charger fans, um, other podcasts, other NFL people talk about that the Chargers, well, you know, they could lose this week to the Titans and be fine and still have a chance to make the playoffs. That simply is not true. Week two is important. And it would be one thing if the Chargers started 0-2. And, the cha- and, and, and I get it, the odds are if you start 0-2, you're not making the playoffs like 90% of the time. You're just not. It never happens. Like it, oh, it almost never happens in the NFL. If you start off 0-2, it is essentially a death sentence. In terms of playoff odds. It's not going to happen. But. If the Chargers looked great on defense. And looked great on offense. Like if they overall looked good as a team. Last week. Then I would be less stressed out. And less. Not trying to magnify. This game. This afternoon. Because this is a big game. Because last week was a train wreck. Giving up 466 yards to Tua. Tua turnover. Who is not a great passer of the football. That's not good. That's not something to be proud of. Giving up 215 yards to Tyree Kill. 536 yards total. When the defense, we we spent so much money on this defense. We spent money on Khalil Mack, who's been a disappointment. We're paying him $10 million a year. $10 million a year to be an edge rusher, to make plays, to strut plays, to get after these quarterbacks in the AFC West. Get after these quarterbacks in the AFC because there's a lot of great quarterbacks. You can go down the list. Joey Bozo. We've put a lot of resources into him despite his constant injuries, constant erratic behavior, strange behavior, like, and also his decline in play. He's just run down, old, out of shape. I, I like I. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Like I, I don't know what's going on with him, but he has just hit a wall in a very short time. 
Like, I would much rather have Nick Boza. Like, when you think of the, the Boza brothers, you think of Nick Boza. Joey Boza, I, I, I forget half the time he's even on the team because he's supposed to be some really great player. This great edge rusher is supposed to be a, a destroyer on defense, and he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. Like, his impact on a game is nothing. Khalil Mack will give you, you know, throughout his time with the Chargers, he's given three to four impact games a year. Joey Boza hasn't had an impact game. It's been negative. He's had a negative effect on the team. Like he, that, The talent's there, without a question. The Chargers were correct when we drafted him. But he's just not had that motor you want from a, def- a star defensive player like Aaron Donald, Nick Boza's br- own brother. I mean, it's like, geez Louise, like, this, it's almost like he, he just wants the paycheck and doesn't really give a shit. It's like, well, dude, you had an opportunity to leave. Never showed up to minicamp throughout his entire career. Remember when he had the hold in, hold out? When he took forever to sign the con- rookie contract? He's a weird dude. He, he's not really built for winning. He need, he was he so the defense JC Jackson that's another guy paid him a lot of money eighty two million guaranteed. Where are you at? You you haven't been good. You're great with the Patriots. Were guy that collected a lot of turnovers, made impactful plays, took receivers out of games. Hasn't done that once. And I get it. He had the injury last year, but leading up to that. Against the Chiefs last year, against the Browns, against the Texans. You were terrible. Seahawks game, Broncos game, terrible, 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 terrible. You weren't great. You were getting smoked last week against every receiver on the Dolphins. Like, I don't know what it is. He looks like he's running with bricks on his feet. He is not fast. I can run faster than him. J.C. Jack, like, I don't know what it is. Like, he is slow. It, it is embarrassing how slow he is. Like, it's shocking. Like, you see it and you're like, whoa, how are you a cornerback in the NFL? How in the world did the Chargers... Give you $82 million. You're just not quick. So he needs to prove something. And I get it. He had the interception last week. Congratulations. Outside of that. You didn't do much. You you were terrible. You you got smoked by Tyreek Hill. You got smoked by every single receiver. That came onto that field. Terrible. You need to show up today. You need to show up today. J.C. Jackson needs to show up today and make amends for the whole secondary does. Sante Samuel Jr., everyone was terrible as a group. As a unit, collectively, you let one guy, Tyree Kill, smoke you all night long. That's not good. 
That's not something positive to take away from this game. We can't just ignore it. A win would have not made this any more, any less magnified. We cannot ignore how bad this defense is because we supposedly have a defensive guru of a head coach, which he has, Brandon Staley, has not done once since he's been here. The defense has been a disaster. It's been a disaster. We have a good game here and there where we get turnovers, but we you can't have a defense structure on, well, if we just get a couple turnovers... Turnovers are a luxury. You gotta be able to play good defense without having to force a freaking turnover every single drive. That's I, I that's why I can't stand this defensive scheme. Like I don't understand why would you run a defense like that where you predicated off of turnovers? Why can't you have a defense that actually tackles that does their job? Why can't you not do have that? Just have a normal defense. Like I don't get just giving up five yards, ten yards. Why can't you just show off your genius? And you had everyone healthy. You had everyone on the defense healthy. You had everyone. And that's the excuse that's been used over and over and over and over again. I can I can make a song out of it. You can put it on replay. It's like it's like Monday afternoon every week. Sunday afternoon after every game. Well, if we just had an entire roster, maybe we could you know play better on defense. Maybe we could actually implement my scheme. Well, your scheme sucks because you had everyone there. Doran James is there. J.C. Jackson was there. The guy you're paying a lot of money to. Joey Boza, Khalil Mack, the two old guys, both there. Sante Samuel Jr., healthy, no concussions. Michael Davis was there. I don't know where the hell JT Woods was. I heard about all this hype about him in training camp. Had a great preseason. Nowhere to be found. I don't know where the hell he is. Like, what happened? It is just, you know. And then Kenneth Murray's still terrible. And he was awful. Eric Kendricks, we gave him a lot of money, you know. He, like Brandon Staley has all of his, he has all of his guys, which I don't know why he still insists on Kenneth Murray. Like I don't know what the hell he sees in him to think he still has a chance to be a superstar in this league. Kenneth Murray shouldn't even be in the NFL. Like he is, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, flammable and and, and be a douche. But he's objectively terrible at being a linebacker. Like, if I were to explain to someone that, that yeah, this is what a linebacker looks like in the football. Like, this is what playing linebacker represents. I would be doing that person a complete injustice. Because that's how bad Kenneth Murray is. That's not a linebacker. That was a guy that was supposed to be a first-round pick. They had comparisons to Thomas Davis. Go look up his pre-draft profile. Does he look like Thomas Davis from the Panthers? Back during those Cam days when he was a t- 
tough, big linebacker. Kenneth Murray's not tough. He's a weak, weak linebacker. Not saying he's a weak person. Not saying he's a bad person. He's just a bad defensive player. He's a bad linebacker. He was terrible. He was out of position. Not even he wasn't even in the not even at a country mile of the play. He would he, he either is in the wrong spot immediately or is running himself out of the play. It's like, dude, do you study the playbook? Do you study the opposing defense? The like the defense in general just overall looks like they don't know what they're doing half the time. Like it's almost like they have no idea. Uh, J.C. Jackson looks clueless. He looks out of position. Derwin James, Joey Boza doesn't even try half the time. Khalil Mack's just old. He tries, but he gets demolished, triple teamed. Everyone else does nothing, and then he got you know a train wreck. It's almost like a couple of like no one knows what they're doing on defense. It's almost like what do they do during training camp? What do they do during the week? Like, what do they do? How do you do this? And we don't even know how bad the run defense is because the Dolphins only ran for 70 yards. They didn't. They had pretty much no... They only had 20 carries. In comparison, the Chargers offense had 40 carries. We had 40 carries to their 20. We ran for 233 yards and lost the game. So all this is concerning. We ran, we we got what we wanted out of the run game. I've criticized Austin Eckler all offseason. I'm not saying he's a bad player, really great player. He had a big game. We knew, we wanted all that to happen. We got it. Passing game effective. Sure, people would love for Justin Herbert to have 400 yards, but if you can get 233 yards, have an actual running game for the first time in... Who knows when you we got what we wanted on offense. We scored 34 points. That should be enough to win an NFL game. 34 points. 34. This has been the problem over and over again. It comes down to the defense and late game execution. Sure, that last offensive drive when Justin Herbert, Chargers offense, got the ball back. Two minutes left in the game. They had a chance to go on a game-winning drive. Didn't work out. Pipkins, everyone just forgot out of the guard. Dolphins had a lot of momentum. And we couldn't guard back-to-back sacks. Ball game over. But it all comes down to the defense. What's the defense going to do? What are they going to do today? What are we going to do? you got to make amends. You've got to do better than that. That was pathetic. Everyone's healthy. Everyone heading into that game last week was healthy. And look, you get, it was a train wreck. You can't have that. You can't now the excuse of, well, not everyone's healthy, so the scheme's not going to work. That, that crap is out the window. I don't want to hear that excuse ever again. I don't want to hear 
hear it from Brandon Staley. I don't want to hear it from any of the players. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about the injuries. Don't want to hear about it. It's a BS excuse. And everyone knows it. Every Charger fan, I don't want to hear it from anyone. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about the injuries. Don't bring it up. I don't want to see it on Twitter. I don't want to see it anywhere. I don't want to hear anyone say anything about it. Don't use it. Because the the defense was fully healthy last week and looked like a garbage truck. They looked terrible. They look terrible. They look they, they look like tuna fish you throw away that's been past its date. Two weeks after the date passed, the expired date. Rotting. Rotting in the fridge. That's what the defense looked like. It looked like rotting tuna. It was terrible. 536 yards. And the Dolphins turned the ball over twice. Twice. So, guys have got to step up. Defense, step up. Make plays. We spent a lot of money on this defense. A lot of money. And that's what makes it even worse. It's one thing if you just have a bad defense, but when you pay this much money to the top players, you have to have high expectations. High expectations. And also, the passing defense has been top five in the league for the last four years. They looked that shredded into oblivion last week. The problem has been the run defense. We don't even know how bad that is. Because I have no doubt that's not even better. The run defense has been atrocious for years. And especially under under Staley. It's been horrendous. Dolphins didn't even have to run the ball. Because they just... It's like through it's like it's like slicing through bread. It's like easy money. And boy, oh boy, if the run defense is bad, if Derrick Henry today has two hundred and forty yards, that would be great. And then on top of the pass defense can't stop nothing. Can't stop me. Couldn't stop you. Anyone can score on this defense right now. This pass defense is horrendous. And then the injuries. Joey Boza hurt. Henley's out. He's out for the next couple weeks. So, so guess what? Guess what we get to get? We we get more Kenneth Murray. Of course, Kenneth Murray is going to be in charge of communicating the defense. Oh, this should just be a great, great show. This should be a great show. <laughs> oh, great. Put the worst defensive player. Put him in charge of communication. Not only can he cannot play linebacker correctly, we're going to put him in the communicator spot. That's a great idea. That's what our head coach is going to do today. That's what we get to win this this afternoon. We get to win this Kenneth Murray 
the player, the fans, the fans, the player, the fans can't stand the most. The most who gets criticized on social media. You go to any game, who's the first person you're going to point out and be like, wow, he, he's not very good on defense. Kenneth Murray, and we're putting him in charge of communication. Great. Kendricks, he's hurt too. So linebacker today should be a, just a fabulous train wreck. Ryan Tannehill is going to have a great day manipulating all the backup linebackers, third and fourth strength linebackers who probably shouldn't even be on the team because our evaluation of backups hasn't been great. Henley was supposed to be the superstar. Now he's hurt. He can't control that. Joey Boza, of course, he's hurt. Questionable. That probably means he's out. I mean, it is what it is, folks. I'm not trying to sit here and disrespect players. I'm not trying to be here and be negative. But Joey Boza's hurt again. Eckler's out. He's hurt. Spiller, Dodson, Kelly step up today in the run game. Passing game needs to step up. Mike Williams. I expect a big game out of him. He needs to show up. He was quiet last week. Keenan Allen. I mean, you can trust him to get at least 70 yards. He'll make plays. Joshua Palmer. You need to step up today. You need to make amends for having a quiet I mean, he was non-existent. And I get it. We didn't have to run... We didn't have to pass the ball. I mean, we had 233 yards. So, the run game is going to be there. But the passing game, that's still a huge part of the offense. we got to develop that a little faster here because evidently the defense is not going to help us out. The passing game needs to figure it out a little faster because it was a little woggly. It was wobbly. Wasn't perfect. I wasn't impressed. I get it. Justin Herbert had a big, had a good enough day. Two hundred twenty nine yards, one touchdown. Twenty three of thirty three. He, he had a big game, and I get it. The run game was really good, was excellent, but the passing game was wobbly. I mean, it wasn't great. It, it, it looked like it's going to take time to develop that part and understand the, the route trees and all that stuff. Like, it wasn't as automatic as I thought it was going to be. And, I, and quite frankly, I believe Kellen Moore, and I'm not trying to coach the team from a distance, but I believe he should take into consideration strongly, put give Darius Davis a chance. You need to have a deep ball threat, and we, we, we're still... Sticking with Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Joshua Palmer. Guys who are great possession receivers, but they don't have speed. Like, he put Mike Williams on a screen pass. A screen pass? And I'm not trying to nitpick with the offense, but a screen pass to Mike Williams? I don't know about that. I don't know if he can get away with that. That's uh, you need to put a fast guy. Put Quentin either Quentin Johnston, who's a big receiver, but he he can run. 
He can run. He's got some speed. And then you got Darius Davis, who has speed, showed it in the preseason. Get him in the game. I don't want the passing game to get stale because there's been a lot of focus on the run game, the run schemes. It looks way, way, way better than it has in years. I'm not going to complain about the run game, but you got to get the passing game started up a little sooner. A little, I mean, because this defense is going to be horrendous the whole year, which I expect it to be. Like, I don't expect it to get better. I mean, after this week, after we. I don't. If we get through the Titans, we have at Vikings next week. Another road game. That's gonna be a loud environment. The Vikings at one o'clock are usually really, really good. It's usually the the big primetime games when Kirk Cousins, you know, craps the bed. Unfortunately, at one o'clock, he's a superstar. He can probably he's probably the best quarterback in league history. At 1 o'clock. And then after that we have Raiders. Which is always a big tough game. Division opponent. Rival. That's going to be a tough game. And the Raiders usually give us some trouble. No matter how bad or good or whatever. Even if even if they have Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. Then they could have a Scarecrow quarterback. It wouldn't matter. They'll always be a thorn. Then you got the Cowboys. Great, great defense. That offensive line is going to be tested. And then the defense, people shit on Dak. But if the defense is going to be this bad, and it's going to be a tough stretch here if you don't win. If you can't get past the Titans, who don't have a quarterback still. Is it Ryan Tannehill? Is it Malik Willis? Is it Will Levis? Who is it? Who's playing quarterback for the Titans? Because the Titans' offense is not some juggernaut, but. We have to take into consideration because this defense has given us no reason to be positive or to be optimistic about their chances against any quarterback. Like every quarterback in this league has an opportunity to be amazing against the defense based off of week one. And people could say, oh, you're just over overinflating, overreacting to one game. To week one. Overreaction. No, I'm not. But that was you don't give up 536 yards and get a pass. That's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work at all. You don't get your teeth kick in and get a pass. You don't get shredded. Like that pass defense couldn't stop in high school offense if it tried. That's how pathetic it was. Any peewee football team, any little league team would get shredded into a million pieces by any coach if they put that effort out last week. But the, what this team did last week was abysmal on defense. And it needs to be noted. And Ryan Tannehill, people can make fun of him and I've done it myself. He's average. That's what he is. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but Ryan Tannehill is a B-minus quarterback on a good day. He's not great. He'll get you to the playoffs if he has a good team around him, a good run game, a good offensive coordinator that can carry him to the uh, playoffs and have a good enough you know, 
good enough season, just don't make any mistakes. He's one of those quarterbacks that just, hey, don't don't do anything stupid. Just stay out of the way and let the run game control the offense. Let the run game handle everything and let the defense do their job. Don't put don't put the defense in a bad position. That's what Ryan Tannehill's good at. And but if you're a good NFL team and have actually competent defense that understands the concept of tackling and being in the correct coverage depending on what the defense does instead of trying to dictate the situation like ugh, just makes me sick. Doesn't matter who the quarterback's going to be. It doesn't matter who the quarterback. It could be, it, it could be Jacoby Brissett. He he had a great game last year in the Browns game. Last year, Ryan Tannehill played tough. He got him back in the game. Remember last year when he left the game? This this is a tough Titans team. Last year's game was a slugfest, seventeen fourteen. Justin Herbert late touchdown drive, uh, late late field goal drive, game winning field goal. We got we got lucky in that game because that was a tough, hard hitting game. That's when our defense showed a little bit of life late in the year, when we're going that small run, that mini win streak, when we got hot at the right time, when we needed to. We showed something, showed some spirit. We don't have that spirit right now. We need to gain that spirit back, and it's going to be a tough game on the road. The Titans had Malik Willis play a great portion of that game when Tannehill went out with an ACL injury. And then Tannehill came back, and he still had a great chance of winning that game. Great chance. They were right in the mix. So, it's going to be a tough game today. We've got to take it very, very seriously. We cannot take it for granted that we're just going to roll in there and have a big game. And people can take away, well, you know, the Titans look like garbage against the Saints losing 16-15. to It shouldn't matter what it, whatever our opponent did the week before. That shouldn't matter. Not, not if this defense is going to be this bad. Every quarterback in this league, until pr- proven otherwise, is going to have a big game against his pass defense. Maybe they fix it today. Maybe they actually do their job correctly and make Ryan Tannehill look average. He's not going to throw the ball a lot. Because... Last week, what did Ryan Tannehill do against the Saints? He threw three interceptions, zero touchdowns, 198 yards, 16 for 34. The Titans as a team, and they're a run, hard-nosed football team. They only had 104 yards, 22 carries. If the run defense is anything like last year, then we're in for a bad game. So we've got to do better. So hopefully the run defense is better. Thule, 
We need guys to show up. Joey Boza, we got to have guys that are committing to the run game. Pass game, everything. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, heck, and I get it. He's an older receiver, went to the Titans for the money. I'm per I mean, people can say whatever they want, but come on. He could have gone anywhere else. He could have gone anywhere else and he went to the freaking Titans. You are going to probably end up playing musical chairs at quarterback later in the year. That's where John Drew Hopkins went because he got the bag to go to the Titans. He could still he could have a big game today. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the sad reality of this defense. He could have a big game today. It would not shock me. Wouldn't shock me at all. Derrick Henry got a big game. The secondary, everyone has to show up on defense. It has to happen. The Dolphins may have shredded the secondary. Defense only gave up 70 yards. So the, the defense has to show up today. The defense has to show some life. We've got to show some guts today in a tough road game. There's no give me's in the NFL. Like, and I get it. I said this is a 14-win team. Based on the roster, it is. It should be. Maybe I'm, I'm probably wrong about that. We're probably not going to win 14 games. That's probably not going to happen. That's out the window. We gotta focus on today. We gotta make plays. Everyone needs to have a great game today. The running backs need to step up. I don't want to hear the excuses that well, Austin Eckler, he was hurt. If we lose the game, I don't want to hear it. Because if we win, it's gonna be about the guy that stepped up and did their job. And I believe we have that talent at running backs. Spiller has shown flashes of being really, really good. He just never gets on the field because of offensive coordinator incompetence, head coach incompetence. Dodson showed great potential in the preseason. Get him in the game. He's a shifty receiver. He's a swifty running back. Kind of built like Austin Eckler. But he can run down the middle of the field. He's a tough running back. Get him in the game. Get the passing game involved. Get Darius Davis. Get some speed out there. Like, I don't know what they're doing. You have a fast receiver in Darius Davis who you, you drafted to be a game changer in the punt game and the passing game. Get him in the game. Get Quentin Johnson in the game. Get some speed. Like, I don't know if they're waiting for Jalen Guyton to get back. He doesn't come back to week four. We need some speed. We can run the football still and to get, to get the deep passing game. Stop these stupid screen passes and stop these stupid five-yard passes. Get some speed in the game. We have a strong-arm quarterback. Use it. Cause some stress in these defenses. We made it too easy for the Dolphins in the past game. 
We still ran the ball very well. We shouldn't have lost. I'm the same, but we made it very easy for the Dolphins. You gotta have a passing game still. Like we can't abandon that. We gotta balance it up a little bit. And I get it, 34 points shouldn't really nitpick at the offense. It'll look great otherwise. But let's get the passing game developed a little faster. That's the big key today. Hopefully we see that. Hopefully we see it early. A big touchdown drive to open it up. If we get the ball first or whatever our opening drive is, if we can get a touchdown pass to Mike Williams or get one of these younger guys involved, Joshua Palmer, someone, get some spark. Motivate the defense somehow. Well, like, I don't know, like, the defense needs to also show up. We've, we've, we've got to do something to motivate the defense. Like, like, I don't know if Justin Herbert needs to give a speech or Keenan Allen, someone. Like, obviously the guys need, some, need a fire lit underneath him. I mean, the easy solution is, is for let Brandon Staley is to let Derek Gansley do his damn job for once. Like, I don't know how good of a coordinator Derek Gansley is. Like, if you were to ask me, what do you think of Derek Gansley at defensive coordinator? I don't know what to tell you. Because I don't know how good of a D coordinator he is. Because I don't believe he actually coaches the team. Like, I don't know what his job is. It says defensive coordinator on the team website, but, like, is he actually doing anything? And apparently not, because if you listen to the press conferences, Brandon Staley pretty much just says it straight out there that, yeah, I'm, it's my defense, I'm calling it. So, if I were advising him, I'd be like, dude, drop the ego, your defense sucks. Like, it's garbage. You talk about all these great complex schemes that you have, great, you know, how smart and analytical it is. You're, you're a genius. You're smarter than everyone else. Drop it. It hasn't worked. Not even close to working. It's been terrible. Put the ego aside and let the defensive coordinator do his job. And who knows? Maybe he's sabotaging Kellen Moore. I hope not. Hopefully, I mean, Kellen Moore had to deal with the Cowboy crap for seven years. Hopefully, he's capable of dealing with Brandon Staley. Big game today. Big game. Big game, not only for the future of his football team, which is a big deal because he 0 and 2, you don't want to. That's dangerous territory because you're getting into territory of losing the locker room. And we've seen what happens when we use when when you lose the locker room. Never ends well. The Chargers need to win today. We gotta win today. If we want to keep the team intact, keep the mojo good. This team has a lot of potential. We have big, 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 big potential. Big Super Bowl potential. We don't want to lose the locker room this early in the season. Because then the whole entire season, it's going to go off the rails. And we can't have it go off the rails. We can't have it. Can't have it. We have a great opportunity. 
go look at division standings. There's a three-way tie for last. Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, both 0-1, all three of us. Raiders are 1-0. They beat the Broncos. So we still have it out for us. This team can't go into this Titans game. We can't go in the week two feeling like a bunch of losers. Just can't. We but we need to have the motivation. We need to have one of those games that we play well. We just have to. We've done it before. When I've dabbled this team in the past, where I'm like, ah, this is over after a bad game, whether whether it's against this heartbreaking, bone crushing losses against the Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders. Games where we should have won, but we lost, spit the bit, pissed it away. We've come back and responded the next week. The day after Christmas massacre against the Texans, when Rex Burke had had, a, had the game of his life, running for 200 yards, we responded. We've got to show some fight. And showing fight is showing up, playing defense, be aggressive, don't make stupid mistakes, don't commit stupid penalties. We don't need any of that. And guys that are filling in for injury reasons need to step up. There's no time for, well, I don't know the playbook, I don't know what to go. I don't know this, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. We don't have time for that. It's go time. This is your job. You should be prepared. Even if you don't get in the actual games, you've had all preseason, all training camp. You've had, you've had plenty of time to be acclimated enough to come in and contribute in a positive manner. That's good enough to be in the game. I'm not asking you to be a superstar. I don't. I'm not asking you to be Ray Lewis. I'm not asking you to be these great defensive players. I'm asking you to do your job on this team. I need you to be the best Charger in 2023, in Week Two against the Titans. That's what I need from you. I don't need you to be outstanding. I don't need you to be Hall of Fame. I just need you to be good. I I need you to to at least just be good today. And then we'll move on the next week. When next week comes around. But be worried about today. We are worried about what you're going to do today against the Titans. Take what you did last week. And bring that positive energy. Turn that negative energy into a positive. That's what you got to do. That's what the good teams do. The bad teams roll over and quit. I don't want to see a quitting football team today. And we'll, and we'll see that very, 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 very early. We'll see what this team's made of. We will know the first drive where this team is at. It's going to be very blatant. You can watch, I've watched football long enough, I think, all, and all of you have watched football long enough. When you know a team is spent, when they're done, when they're checked out, 
when they're fed up with it, they will quit. Any team. You can tell. We'll find out today. What do I think happens? I believe the Chargers win today. I'm going to go to a very, very similar score from last year. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be hard-hitting. Titans have a really good run defense. Secondary is questionable, but hey, teams bring their A game against us. We have a top-five quarterback in the league. We have all the big-name receivers. It's going to be a tough game. Run game needs to keep it going. Dodson, Spiller, show up. Kelly, we all need to show up. Guys on receivers need to show up. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Palmer, Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis, Gerald Everett. Tight ends need to show up. Make a, We need to make plays. And also, the defense got to step up. Got to get stops. Force Ryan Tannehill in mistakes. He did it in week one against the Saints. Three interceptions. Make him turn the ball over. Make him turn it over because he is a turnover-prone quarterback. He's a B-minus quarterback on a good day. Stop the run game. Don't let Derrick Henry have a field day. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. Can't let it happen. If you let if you let Derrick Henry loose and let him have a career day, it's going to be tough sledding. Because if he gets going, then Ryan then Ryan Tannehill gets going. Oof, you're in for a long one. So we need to have a good day today. Defense needs to make amends for that last week's for that la- for week one disaster. Train wreck. Need to make amends for it. Alright, so very quickly here, I'm gonna get into some NBA stuff. And College football reaction, Colorado. So NBA-wise, the latest NBA title odds were released. The Denver Nuggets are the favorites to defend the championship with the leading odds. Celtics are second, followed by the Bucks and the Suns. Can the Denver Nuggets repeat? Can they repeat? I believe they can. I believe they're capable. I think Jokic is the best player in the NBA. I believe at this point, everyone should should pretty much agree with that. By this point, if you haven't caught on, and a lot of NBA fans, a lot of casuals don't quite understand who Jokic even is. Like They're like, oh, who's that guy? He's actually good at basketball. Jokic is really, really good. Superstar, best player in the league right now. He did that. He is a an amazing player. He led the Nuggets to that championship. They were dominant in every fashion. Blew past the Timberwolves. Manhandled the Suns. Even though the Suns won two games, people point to it. They still got blitzed. The Suns had to score a an infinity amount of points to even have a chance to be competitive in that game. And in the two games they won, they had they had to score 130 plus. 
They got lucky. Stop acting like the Suns went in there and blew them out twice. That didn't happen. These weren't close games. The Nuggets blew them out of the f- building and all four of those wins. So stop acting like it was a close game. This was not a close six games. This was an annihilation. Blew out the Lakers. Same thing. They swept the Lakers. Everyone tries to pipe up the Lakers. Oh, it was a close sweep. There's no such thing as a close sweep. The Lakers were are a really good team. They're second on my list of being a threat to the Nuggets, but with a caveat. But we have to look at it for what it is. The Nuggets made the smart plays. They outlasted the Lakers, who were a great defensive team, down the stretch post-trade deadline. They were really, really good. They were good in the playoffs, too. They de- They demolished the Grizzlies in six games. Blew them off the floor. Wasn't even close. Made John Moran and Dylan Brooks and Jared Jackson Jr. look foolish. I mean, it was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment. I mean, it was a nile. They blew them out by 48 in, what, game five, game six? Blew them off the floor. Stepped on their neck. Warriors, round two, bam, demolished them. They, they, they made the Warriors look small. But when they went up against the Nuggets, they looked like the small team. They looked like the lesser opponent. The Nuggets were just better. Jokic was just better than than LeBron. Now, I'm not taking a shot at LeBron. LeBron's 38, got to turn 39. It is what it is. Anthony Davis could be that guy, but he's not yet. So the Nuggets, yes, should be should should be the favorite in the Western Conference and and the NBA in general. They should be. And people bring up, well, you know, some guys have left. Yeah, that's fine. But Jokic and Jamal Murray mesh like no one else. That duo works like clockwork, and the offense re- revolves around Jokic. Give them some shooters, guys that will play defense. It's going to work. It's going to work. They got Michael Porter Jr. still. Good enough. Gives them 12 to 15 points. Aaron Gordon, he can give you an occasional 20-point game. Reggie Jackson, he's capable of giving you 40. He's done it before. He can score. he's, he's, He's streaky, but he can score. KCP, Mr. Reliable. Play tough defense, hits timely threes. He can get hot also. They Justin Holiday, they added him. They're they're big on Christian Brown. So there's a lot of good good pieces on this team. And they, they can add a veteran who's looking for a spot around training camp. Like I've said it before, I believe the Nuggets have the potential to be Kind of like the Spurs with Tim Duncan, Manu, Pop, Kawhi eventually, Tony Parker. They have a great chance. They have that type of nucleus. Like Jamal Murray's unselfish. Jokic unselfish. Doesn't really care about the spotlight. 
won the championship and was kind of like, kind of get the hell out of here. So this team, I don't believe, will will struggle from a championship hangover. I don't believe they'll feel the pressure of trying to repeat. I don't believe that's going to get, get to them. This is a different situation. They don't have the Instagram, social media. They don't have any Hollywood type of players on this team that attract attention. ESPN, BSPN, and all these other major sports networks, they cover the Lakers 24-7. They are going to get the attention, and deservedly so. They have a lot more fans. Lakers are a very popular franchise, Celtics. But the Nuggets should without question be the favorite. They have the best player in the planet and the best second tier guy in, in the league. Like for a partner, second second wheel guy, Jamal Murray is really good. He's kind of like Clay alongside Steph. He can get you 40, 60. But can he, he can also play the role. Kind of like Chris Middleton of Giannis. And when you look at the other teams in the Western Conference, the two teams that I believe can give the, the, um, the Nuggets a run for their money are the Warriors. And people, people are, you know, and I get it, people are questioning, will Chris Paul actually work? With Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond, will that work? They've been rivals for years. What is Steve Kerr gonna do to gel that together? I don't know what they're gonna do because this idea that Chris Paul is just gonna come off the bench and just deal with it kind of hard for me to swallow. I don't buy that. I'm not buying that narrative completely. I believe Steve Kerr is going to cook up something. I believe he'll cook up something very interesting in the lab with the Warriors. I mean, Stephen Curry, Chris Paul, Draymond, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. I believe they can make it work. I believe they can make it work. Defense, we'll see how that works out because Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson... It's not the defensive player he used to be. Not even close. He's just the injuries have piled up. ACL, Achilles. Can't play defense the way he has. Wiggins has never been a defensive guy. Defense, that might be a little rough. But I still think with Stephen Curry, the best three-point shooter ever, a guy that I would put in my top five all-time players, all-time starting five, that's my point guard. He's the best point guard I've ever watched, which is how I based my list. He's a great player. You, you can't count him out until he's out. You just can't. So I got them second. I believe they'll be better. They had a down year. Jordan Poole, I believe that situation's been resolved. They're moved on. Got the situation out, the, out of the room. I believe their mojo will be back to pose a threat a legitimate threat to the Nuggets. Next on the list, Lakers. I believe the Lakers are, gonna, are a really good team. LeBron, can't count him out, 38. He can get you 23 points a game. 
He's still that guy. He can still play. 20th season. Anthony Davis, we all know what he can do when he wants to. Just needs to be more consistent. He can drop 40 points. He can average 30 a game if he wanted. He just needs to play like he wants to. They got D'Angelo Russell. They got Christian Wood. Great, great, great sneaky signing. That's going to help them on defense. They got Vanderbilt. They got Jackson Hayes. They got Cam Reddish. They got Austin Reeves, who has a lot of hype. Great. He's a good enough player. He's not great. I, I do think people are over-exaggerating Austin Reeves to an extent. But he is good. He can make plays. He, he, he's not a playmaker, but he's a couple tiers down from that. But he's good enough. Now, this idea that he can fill in for LeBron and win games, eh, let's pump the brakes on that. He's not a superstar. The Lakers got to steal that contract. It's a risk, but it's not a significant risk. They're now blowing a bunch of money. So, it's a good enough signing. Him alongside LeBron and AD is a good move. But I've said it over and over again. I'm going to stick with this over until it won't happen. Might be controversial for some, but from a pure basketball standpoint, you cannot tell me that Kyrie Irving is still not on the table for the Lakers. You're not convincing me. He should definitely be on the table. He's a great player. Great player. And I get it. He's had injuries. He's had other issues off the court. Going on sabbaticals. Telling stories. But. He worked the best. With LeBron. Sure. He was immature. Eventually demanded a trade. Said he threatened to have knee surgery. And to set out the whole year. And sabotage the Cavaliers. We can't not. Point that out. He blew up the Celtics locker room. Selfish. Vibes in Brooklyn. Disaster. Now he's on the Mavericks. Hasn't gone off to a great start. The Mavericks. But he's he worked really damn well with LeBron. LeBron is such an imposing figure. He gets the best out of everyone. He gets the best out of Daniel Russell. Who we viewed as a joke. Before you sort of. Fixed his career image. Having stops with the Nets. Timberwolves. He's fixed his image. But he gets the best out of Russell. Even if it doesn't look great. He gets the best out of everyone. He he did it with Kyrie. Finals. 3-1. 3-1 lead against the Golden State Warriors. 73 wins. He alongside Kyrie. Made some ridiculous plays. Both went for 40-plus in Game 5. Game 6, big one at home. Game 7 on the road against the Golden State Warriors. Kyrie hits the shot. LeBron with the block. Bam. That's a tough. That was tough. If the Warriors don't get Kevin Durant in free agency, because both teams are going to run it back, because that was the exact same Cavaliers team the year after in Kevin Durant's first year. Kevin Durant just made that team 
Thanos level. Like they were unstoppable. They were unstoppable. They were a fun team to watch too. Kyrie and LeBron is a great heck of a combination. And that's like a tier below KD on the Warriors. That's how great they were. And I'm a huge Miami Heat fan. I'm a big fan of the Big Three era. You can make an argument Kyrie and LeBron, that duo alone, they're definitely way more explosive than that Heat team, who which, which was more predicated on LeBron being, being explosive on offense, Dwayne chipping in when necessary, but playing tough defense, hitting threes. Kyrie and LeBron, it was just let them cook. They were an art form. If the Lakers want to be legit NBA contenders, NBA championship contenders, dethrone the Nuggets, trade for Kyrie. You got to do it. What what did that team miss in the Nuggets series? The closeout the game, late game situation, it was a consistent score. This goes to my Austin Reeves point. Because if LeBron gets tired at, at the end of games, 39 at that point, come playoff time, Anthony Davis having an inconsistent game. Kyrie, with all his flaws, can still get you 50 points. He can still get you 50. He can do that. 50. 40. Name the points Kyrie can get it when he wants to. That simple. He's that guy. Do you trust Austin Reeves giving you 50 points, getting a game home, late game situations, chance to make the NBA Finals, chance to win the NBA Finals? Do you believe Austin Reeves can make those plays over Kyrie? Guess what? We've seen Kyrie make them plays. We haven't seen Austin Reeves make those plays. Sure, you can say it's been a couple years since Kyrie made them plays. But Kyrie can still make them plays. He can still do it. Despite all the situations with the Celtics, Nets, Mavericks, he can still be an orchestrator on offense. He can still be a wizard with basketball. Top five handles. Defensive flaws, but man, he can just do it. Now he has to get through the whole season without any controversies. That's the big if. But best behavior, it's always been with LeBron until the very end. It's a gamble, and I get it. Maybe the cap, the Lakers at this point, LeBron's not going to play forever. They're just not trying to destroy the future of the team. Because Laker fans, even after LeBron retires, or moves on if he goes on to play somewhere else with Bronny that's still on the table, then the Lakers still want to have a future. And if you want to trade for Kyrie Irving, Austin Reeves may need to be in that deal. Because the Mavericks are going to want to haul. Probably overpriced to a certain extent when you're trading to a Western Conference opponent who the Mavericks view as a rival at this point, which is kind of delusional, but you get the point. 
the Mavericks are going to want a hefty price, even though they know the truth in terms of Kyrie fitting into their culture. It's, I don't think it's a fit. Not a fit on offense. Too much of ISO basketball. Your turn, my turn. Doesn't work. We've seen it. Experimented. Sure, if it, it may work in the future. But we've seen the experiment over and over again. Your turn, my turn. Never worked. Never works. It's not good enough. It allows for great individual um, performances. But in terms of winning an NBA championship, you got to have team basketball. Whether it's on defense, offense, you got to have team basketball. Individual performances can only get you so far. Allen Iverson. Great individual performances. Didn't have the team, didn't have the talent, didn't have the scheme. Jimmy Butler the last couple of years making the finals. One-man show, essentially. One-man shows can only get you so far. LeBron with the Cavaliers. One-man show. That can only get you so far. So, the Western Conference is definitely loaded, but I'm not convinced that... These other teams, like the Suns, Clippers, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Kings. I like the Kings. The West is loaded, but I believe the two biggest threats are the Warriors and the Lakers. Lakers, mainly if they trade for Kyrie Irving, will they do it? Probably not. But regardless, I believe the Cav- those two teams give the Nuggets the biggest scare, the biggest threat to repeating. Regardless, the Western Conference is going to be tough because the Kings, I believe, will get better. I believe the Clippers, if healthy, huge question mark, they should be really, really good. The Suns, we'll see them. Uh, we'll see how that works out. Bradley Beal, KD, Booker, Devin Booker. They're going to be explosive on offense, but we saw it with vibes in Brooklyn. Three individual great guys. Will they have an offensive scheme? Will it just be ISO? Didn't work out. The ISO crap never works. It looks good one game. Everyone flips out. Bam. Disaster later on. Will they have a scheme? How will they balance out? Does Bradley Beal get to fit in? We've never seen him. I'm not trying to disrespect Bradley Beal, but we've never seen him in a winning situation. Can he fit in? Big, big key. So, all right. So that's enough for the NBA. Moving on to college football, Colorado. Won a big game against Colorado State. The Dion controversy with the Colorado State head coach. Trash talk back and forth. Colorado won the game 43-35. Colorado is 3-0. Heading into a big, big game against the Oregon Ducks. Hey, what did I say? 
I don't talk a lot about I don't talk a huge amount about college football, but man, I called it back in July. I said Deion Sanders is gonna get it done in Colorado. They're gonna be seven, eight wins. Very achievable. I called it. I called the game against TCU. You can go back and look it up before the season started. TCU, the team that everyone hyped up. Bam, Colorado got them. Dion effect. Week two, Nebraska. Matt Rule, he's a better head coach. He has more experience. Shador Sanders is not good. Travis Hunter is not good enough. All the doubters all week trying to cause havoc. One one hit wonder, week one superstars, overreaction, no. Colorado State head coach talking trash about Dion, Putting words in his mouth that shouldn't be uttered. Talking bad about his mom. Talking bad about Dion wearing sunglasses and hats at post-game conferences. Dropped 45 on him. Big game from Shador Sanders. Game-winning drive, 348 yards, 38 of 47. Great day passing the ball. Four touchdowns. Travis Hunter was injured. He could potentially miss a couple of weeks. Took a late hit that knocked him out. Got him hurt. We'll see what his status looks like, but Colorado looks like a machine. And then they got some receivers, too. That that Edwards guy, Dylan Edwards, very, very good. He's been great the first couple of weeks. They got Hankerson, great little running back. Sanders, he can run to, mobile quarterback, great arm. And they got Weaver, Harrison, Horn, great receiver, Dawson. Of course, Travis Hunter, one of the two that, that, that guy is ridiculous. Hopefully he can get back soon. Travis Hunter right now is one is the best player in college football. The injury might change that, but leading up to, the, to, the, to that game last night, that guy is spectacular. Playing receiver and cornerback, 150 snaps. That's obviously not going to be sustainable. That may have led to his injury. Maybe he's being overworked. I believe a better idea will be to, and not the coach the team from a distance, but maybe putting Travis Hunter in select situations based on the game. Maybe play offense majority one game. Maybe play defense majority one game. Sprinkle in with a couple of plays on the opposite position. But it's been impressive what Dion's done. No one can deny that. No one can. They are a great story in college football, which, you know, at times gets a little dull. But Colorado, Dion, they have brought some flavor back back to college football that is missed. And if you want to attract fans, good way for that to happen is for a Dion to drop in. Viewership of Colorado football is hard to believe. And then they go on the road now to Oregon, who's a top 10 team. Great opponent. They got a fast offense, tough place to play, big time game. National television audience. Depending on Travis Hunter's situation, doesn't sound like he's going to be playing in the, in the next game. So I would definitely love their chances a lot better if they 
were to have Travis Hunter because he's such a great playmaker on defense and offense. Shador can make plays too. I believe he's one of those type of players that if you have him on your team as your leader on offense, as your distributor of the football, the plays he can make, and he's making great passes. Great passes. Passes to where you're like, man, you don't see very many college quarterbacks step in and do what he can do. I mean, look at Alabama's situation. They don't have a quarterback that can do anything correct. Can't throw the ball. Sanders makes great decisions with the football. That should totally be applauded. Because he's been a huge contributor. Travis Hunter gets all that attention, and deservedly so. But the quarterback, Sanders, makes very, very, very great plays to where he's NFL worthy. I've heard about it when he was at Jackson State, that he was a potential first-round pick. I, quite frankly, have only seen highlights. But thus far against FBS, top-level competition, and who have even more chances later on this uh, next weekend against Oregon, then USC after that, Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA. Big, big opportunity for Colorado and Sanders. Hopefully Travis Hunter is not out for too long because then they would have a great chance. But I'm going to have to give an edge to Oregon, even though I don't like Oregon's quarterback situation. Not a big fan of, of, of that. Um, but it's going to be a tough game. I, I definitely give the edge to Oregon because they have a good defense. and I believe they're at home. They'll have the crowd advantage. And Colorado, how do they address with Hunter not being really the main guy on offense? I don't know. They can make plays at a running back. They got other receivers who have looked good. Will those guys be able to step up on the road in a tough environment, much tougher than TCU at Oregon? It's going to be loud. Everyone's going to be hyped. It's going to be a big game next week. But I do give the edge to Oregon, but would definitely not be disappointed for Colorado. It's crazy in college football. Alabama doesn't look good. My, my, my top four, what's Georgia, they've looked good so far. They, they cakewalked their opponent. Uh, we, and then Alabama whew, barely survived against South Florida. I felt like the simulation was broken yesterday. A weird game. 17-3 win for Alabama. They got some issues at quarterback. A lot of problems at quarterback to figure out. But my other team, Notre Dame, who I put out down as number four, they looked really good this week. They can run the football. Like, you know, we've seen good enough Notre Dame teams in the past. We've heard about it. We've heard the hype from ESPN, all these major networks. They, they can throw Notre Dame at us. I haven't really bought the BS in the past, but, man, this team's really good. Marcus Freeman's a great head coach. Just got off to a rocky start last year, but, man, he has turned that ship around. Very impressive. They have a quarterback, finally, Sam Hardman, who I believe should be in the Heisman conversation. 330 yards, three touchdowns, great running back. 
who had 176 yards. They can pound the football. They can throw the football. Smart quarterback. Not going to turn the ball over. We've seen Notre Dame teams in the past, and you've been like, man, they had a quarterback. They could be better. Well, they got that quarterback, and I believe they are legitimate college football contenders, champion contenders this season. And, of course, you got Utah, my other team, third team, that they're still getting big wins. They're still getting big wins. They, they are still being a dominating football team on defense. Great running game, smart head coach, and they're doing it for their backup quarterbacks. It's impressive. Watch out for the Pac-12. Utah is the team to watch, I think. So, other other than Alabama, which I'd say they get better, but we'll see. It's taking a little longer this time, but they got to figure out the quarterback because if not. Heading into this SEC stretch, all their big games are at home, but they got to figure out a way. Because as we've seen in the game against Texas, couldn't win. They couldn't get it done. So, alrighty, that is it for opinions all day. Hopefully, we get a Chargers win. Ideally, so when I come back for the instant reaction. I'm not flipping out, not melting down with all the rest of you guys. We just can't do it again. That week one loss just burnt me out already, and it's only week two. So let's have a positive mindset, get all the frustration out, and let's get ready for today's game because I believe the Chargers do win 20-17. to We just needed to get it done. We need to make amends from last week and improve. All right, so that's it for this edition of Opinions All Day. I'll see you guys next time.